It's the JT The Brick Show. They get the snap off. Hand off Jacobs. Has the first down of the big hole. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Raiders. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Raiders bring a blitz. He is smothered and brought down. Max Crosby came around for the sack. Your silver and black home to sound off for over 20 years. Shotgun snap to Stidham. Lobs near corner for Adams. Makes the grab in the corner. Touchdown, Raiders. An absolutely perfect pass. And Adams dragged his feet in the back left corner. And now, filling in for JT today is Harry Ruiz. Let's go, Raider Nation. It's time for our number two of the JT The Brick Show. Today, Wednesday, Valentine's Day, February 14th, 2024. We are in the aftermath of Super Bowl 58 being held out here in Las Vegas with the Kansas City Chiefs defeating the San Francisco 49ers in overtime. A game where I know you, just as me, we were... we. I mean, our best case scenario would have been if both teams had lost that game because we didn't want neither our Bay Area rival to win another one or our divisional rival to win back-to-back. But at the end of the day, somebody had to win. And the Chiefs, man, it's like even that every worst-case scenario for them, being down, not being able to move the ball, not finding themselves in a good position, and then they get a fumble in the opponent's side of the field with the ball hitting the heel of a player and just because off a punt, and that ended up being a touchdown in the next play, and it was a new game out there, and it, it was like, what the hell is going on here? I mean, it's when you are that good, even luck strikes in your favor. And we have right now on the line a man that played for the Chiefs, a man that now in back-to-back seasons has seen two of his former teams play each other in the Super Bowl. And this year he was able to cover the game for our friends at 8 News Now. And he was one of the hardest working men out there during this past Super Bowl week. We are very happy to welcome Mark McMillan, the Mighty Mouse, here on the airwaves of Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Mark, it's always a pleasure talking with you i know we talk a lot about baseball because we love the dodgers but right now we're talking about football how are you and are you recovered from all the work from last week okay right there sorry mark now we got you on the air how are you my friend i'm doing good i appreciate you guys having me on absolutely mark uh the chiefs back-to-back super bowl championships this was a down year for them that's what a lot of people have labeled it like what has made the difference for them besides just patrick mahomes being patrick mahomes uh first of all i want to give my my prayers and my condolences out to the victims uh they just had a shooting at the parade so i just want to give my prayers out to the to the families and the victims of the shooting during the kansas city parade so uh, a, a great day to celebrate the champions but then it ends in, in some tragic news but uh I just wanted to get that off my chest because I got a lot of family and friends back there in Kansas City. Absolutely, absolutely, my brother. And, yeah, we were just mentioning it uh, during the our previous segment that it's just something that people are getting together to celebrate, to enjoy, to live life. 
And it's unfortunate that something like that happens. The latest report from the Kansas City Police is that 8 to 10 people have been shot, and there's children that are being taken care of right now in children's hospitals, and it's definitely not something that we, we want to. And you you were a big part of that community out there when you were playing for the Chiefs 97-98. Now you're out here in Las Vegas, and you are very close to the Raiders and the Raider Nation. But Kansas City Chiefs, it's a rival, but at the same time, it's like, hey, we're all humans, and we all want to be able to – enjoy what sports are made of and just to enjoy that yeah yeah like i said uh when you have an opportunity to win something special like that like here we have the vegas uh the golden knights who uh you know won the stanley cup we got the the aces who are back-to-back champions and you know the celebration was cool and you don't want to have to be thinking about anything other than celebrating our athletes and you know that's that's what we need to uh you know focus on there's a like i said sports man is it's, there's a lot more than than uh, than just sports and winning trophies and MVPs and um, it's just sad that things that like this have to continue to happen. Um, it's something that we seem to come accustomed with. We come numb to it, which is really scary. Uh, but at the same time, you know, we do have to give our props to the Kansas City Chiefs on winning another Super Bowl. And like I said, when you have number 15, it's hard to beat that team. You as a former cornerback in the NFL, you look at that defensive unit and you look at that youth. I think they averaged less than 26 years old on that defensive roster uh, the Chiefs did this season. I mean, is it Spagnola or is what, what is it that made this Chiefs defensive unit so special that they, um, they pr- pretty much neutralized all of their offensive opponents' uh, weapons during the postseason? Well, you got to give a ton of credit to Spag, man. Spagnola is calling what that's that's I don't know how many Super Bowls he's won now. You know, he's won one I think with the Giants as well. And um, you know, this is probably one of the better defensive units that they had in Kansas City uh, on this run with Patrick Mahomes. And like you said, you they're not they don't have to score forty or fifty points to win a game. Now they're scoring twenty five, twenty six, twenty one points, and their defense is coming up and putting a halt to everybody. And you know, they've been doing that all year and. Uh, with Snead on the outside, one of the, one of the better corners, who's probably going to be getting a lot of money down the pipeline. Then you got McDuffie, who's the nickelback, who's the All Pro that you know made some big time plays as well. But as a whole, man, that defense is solid. Uh, I know Chris Jones said he's he's thinking about coming back. You know, I, he had a lot of liquor in him when he was doing the parade speech, but I'm sure they want to kind of keep these guys intact as much as they can. Absolutely. And yes, it's his fourth Super Bowl for Steve Spagnola. He won Super Bowl 42 with the Giants as well uh, with Antonio Pierce as part of that roster. And in my opinion, they just shocked me throughout the season how they transformed. But that's what great football teams do. And talking about transformations, the Chiefs, now they're talking about three-peat. You as a former player and now as an analyst with our friends at 8 News Now, what do you see about these Chiefs that could make you say, you know what? Three-peat, is a, it could be a reality. Uh, number 15. And, you know, you got number 15, Pat, and you got Andy Reid, uh, you know, calling the shots, and you got the organization behind that whole franchise with the Hunt family. Um, you see that they go all in, man. They're, they're all about winning championships. And, you know, games is good. You know, this season they had a couple of rough spots during the season. Uh, you know, a lot of guys were dropping balls. Uh, people counted them out, uh, but they stayed true to who they were, um, just didn't turn the ball over and played really good defense and just, uh, you know, wait to the fourth quarter. And if number 15 have the ball, um, it's going to be trouble for the opposing team. And three-peat, you know, sounds crazy, but, you know, how can you, how can you not say this team is not built to go on another championship run? But, uh, you know, we'll see how it is. 
see if they get a little little uh, fat on their laurels. But um, I'm sure these guys are going to come back fired up whenever you have Kelsey, um, you know, in his ring circus. Uh, you know, these guys are, are professionals. And as long as Andy Reid is calling the shots, man, they have a strong possibility to come back and, and do it again. But I've been telling people if the Raiders can get a quarterback, I know people say give Aiden a little time. The Raiders are not far away from being in that mix with possibly going to the playoffs and possibly doing something and deep into the playoffs. And now let me ask you about the silver and black. Precisely a great segue right there from you. With AP at the helm, with Tom Telesco as the general manager, how confident are you that the Raiders can get their guy? Because if you look at that draft, it seems like it's going to be expensive to be able to get one of those top three spots to be able to draft one of the best quarterbacks in the in the 2024 class. Well, I, I saw Mark Davis at opening night, and, you know, he was waving to the fans and everything. But you got to remember, this is his house. You know, there, there was a party in his house all week. And the heated rivalry, Kansas City Chiefs won a Super Bowl title in your house. You know, that's got to sting a little bit. you got to, you know, light a little extra fire. Not talking about the torch in the stadium, but a little extra fire in that draft room to be like, yo, if we want to be serious contenders, we got to go out and make a splash in this draft, doing some trades. But like I said, you know, I know a lot of people say, well, you know, rah-rah speeches don't win games, but um, that's just Antonio Pierce. That's just the way he is. That's his personality. I uh, played under Ray Rose in Philadelphia. Uh, he was the same kind of motivator, got after it. You know, we we're an undermined, undermanned team, but we on, went on to win, you know, two playoff games in Philadelphia. Well, people didn't even think we were going to make the playoffs. But uh, they have a strong roster. Uh, I know Josh Jacobs is a question mark. Uh, if they're going to bring him back, probably going to be less money the way the market is for running backs, but, you know, they have a strong nucleus, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Absolutely. We're talking with Mark McMillan. Mark, I got to ask you, you are very big into charities. You are very big into helping the communities. Tell folks where they can follow you and also how can they support those charities that you are supporting, man? Um, Right now we have a uh, Grilla McMillan cheesesteak pizza at Evil Pie down on Fremont Street where each uh, slice is sold. Uh, It's a cheesesteak pizza with my Grilla McMillan mesquite olive oil and garlic infused olive oil infused inside the pizza, where a dollar goes back to the St. Jude's Children's Ranch here in Nevada. And I also have a sushi roll at Tengoku here in uh, Nevada, here in Henderson, uh, with a, it's a little surf and turf, got a little shrimp tempura, a little steak seared nice and tight, and I got my barbecue sauce drizzled on the top, and we're donating $3 back to the Nathan Allison Hospice Care Center here in Nevada. So we're just trying to do our part, man. We're here, uh, you know, me and the wifey, and we're just trying to do as much as we can. Yeah, man, and however we can do to support the cause, please let us know. By the way, I got to say, I I haven't hadn't seen any Gordon Ramsay shows until you popped up at Next Level <laughs> Chef, and I enjoyed it like crazy. I met Gordon Ramsay because he did a collab with the soccer team, and they did a, a show at the stadium once, and they recorded there, so I met him, but I, I'm not, I don't know how to cook. I've told you before. I don't know how to cook, but when I saw the, that you were on the show, I tuned in religiously, and, and I enjoyed it very much. Oh, man, I definitely appreciate that. I know we talked about this during during training camp, your meal routine. This year, man, I don't care what's going to happen. If I got to come to your crib, man, I'm going to teach you how to cook at least a steak or a burger. We got to get you out of that fast food realm, man. I got you, man. I'm going to hook you up. There you go. We got it recorded now, so we will do it soon. (laughs) Mark McMillan, follow him on Instagram and on Twitter. Tell the folks what your handles are because you're one of my favorite followers on social media too, man. Um, Mark McMillan 29 on uh, on Twitter and McMillan 29 
on Instagram. You can follow me there. I always do giveaways as well. I have my Grilling McMillan Spices and Barbecue Sauce. That's available now at Barbecue Concepts here in Las Vegas and online at GrillingMcMillan.com. There he goes, Mark McMillan. Thank you so much for joining us. I love watching him on 8 News Now, uh, pregame shows and everything he does, Super Bowl week. He was awesome. So thanks to him for joining us here today on Raider Nation Radio. We had to talk a little bit more about the Super Bowl because it's we talk about events like the World Series, like the Stanley Cup Final, like the NBA Finals, and you add the Super Bowl to that mix, and it's like, hey, you know what? What's make, What differentiates the Super Bowl to those other three events that right here, it's a one and you're done. You got to win that game or it's over. You talk about the Super Bowl, the World Series. You talk about the Stanley Cup Finals. You talk about the NBA Finals. Out of those, you got up to seven opportunities to win or lose games, depending on how the results go. The Super Bowl, it's one game and that's it. And Las Vegas got to host this game and got to host all the activities that surrounded it with Radio Row, with the NFL fan experience, with everything going down in Las Vegas, concerts left and right. Me, personally, I went to Radio Row on Wednesday. Shout out to Alvaro Martin from Ritmo NFL and the play-by-play announcer in Spanish for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, He asked to interview me for his channel, and he got me a media day pass. So I went, and I was in shock of the magnitude of everything that was going down. Players moving left to right, and I I bumped into JT and to Eddie Pascal, and they were like, nah, man, and tomorrow and Friday it's going to be even crazier. I was like, wow, I think The Rock was on the stage. Um, Pat McAfee was interviewing Max Crosby or other folks. And I was like, damn, this is madness right now. But I was like, you know what? I did my interview. I wrapped it up, went over to my friends from 600 ESPN in El Paso, Steve Kaplowitz and Adrian Brodis. Shout out to them as well. They, They wanted to chat with me for a little bit. So we did an interview with them. And then I bounced. I was out of town Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and I got back until Saturday night. So I try to avoid all the craziness because the little bit I drove in the city Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday around the Strip, it wasn't easy to move around that as much. And that area around the stadium, it was starting to get a little bit too congested. So I was like, I don't like all that. If I ain't getting paid, I don't want to be around that area. I came back on Saturday, went and watched the game with my buddy Asif, who's a diehard Niners fan, and he was very sad with the results. And then after that, I went to the Raiders after party and that was pretty cool out there in the fountain blue my first time going to that uh, new casino and it was very fun it was entertaining i bumped into jt and a lot of raiders employees and um we enjoyed the musical experience saw uh, our good friend charles woodson a friend of the ch- uh, show talking to, speaking about charles woodson uh check out woodson whiskey he had autograph signings all week long out here in Las Vegas, and it sold out everywhere they went. It's not your average bourbon. It's unique as it's finished in the same wine barrels that Charles makes his wine, which gives it a spicy caramel finish. Available at over 70 Las Vegas grocery and fine liquor stores. Legends left and right, current players left and right. And I know that everyone is everyone there was like, yeah, that was cool having the event in our city. 
but we need our team in this event. And talking, speaking about the event in our city, we're going to speak with Alan Snell after this commercial break. He is from LBSportsBiz.com. He focuses on the business side of sports in the city of Las Vegas and speak about the economic impact that this event brought to the city of Las Vegas. You're listening to the JT The Brick Show here on Raider Nation Radio. To the JT The Brick Show with today's guest host, Harry Ruiz. With all the great teams we've had, I think today that this organization, this team, this coaching staff dominated so decisively that two things must be said. Not only, in my opinion, are you the greatest rated team of all time, Thank you. I think you're ranked with the great teams Thank of all time that have ever played any professional sport. Yes! How about that? That legendary speech from Al Davis after Super Bowl 18, after the Raiders won what is at, until right now still the last Super Bowl the team has gotten. Hopefully soon we get another one. We don't know if it'll be in Las Vegas or not, but I got a feeling that big game is coming back to our city and to speak about the economic side, the business side of what this big event meant to our city. We have Alan Snell, my good friend, Alan Snell from LBSportsBiz.com. Alan, always a pleasure speaking with you. How are you? How is this week for you uh, being around all the events that the NFL had in town? I'll tell you, Harry, I was just chatting with Bobby uh, before we went on the air about I'm pretty much, I'm almost recovered from like an amazing eight to nine day run there from last week. Uh, like you mentioned, it was pretty hectic and chaotic. And um, it was, a, I think for Las Vegas, it was kind of a happy and ecstatic chaos, really, uh, in terms of just so much going on. Uh, the first Super Bowl ever in Las Vegas history. It's a big deal. And, um, you know, you're right. Part of the Part of the story, obviously, was the the spending aspect uh, of the week. Yeah, and the city, you look at all the numbers that have been shared at the moment, and it seems like the city delivered. If you want a big event to happen somewhere, Las Vegas is ready. It has the hotels, it has the restaurants, it has venues to host parties left and right. What was your point of view of everything and your analysis of everything that went down in our city, and did it benefit our city, in your opinion? Well, number one, um, Super Bowl weekend is already a fantastic weekend in this market. More than 300,000 visitors come to the Las Vegas market, even when this market is not hosting a Super Bowl. And then you pretty much put the weekend that weekend on steroids, and that's what you had with the Super Bowl. Um, there was definitely um, 100,000 people who came in just to put the Super Bowl on. There's literally a cottage industry of vendors and contractors and workers and staffers and media who come in specifically for the Super Bowl. Uh, and they go wherever the game is. So, you know, Las Vegas was the beneficiary of that. Um, the numbers, to, to be real with you, Harry, um, I wish um, it's possible to give you some concrete numbers, but <clears throat> three days after this event, um, I, I think you have to be careful about saying that 
there was X amount of economic impact above what would be uh, this this weekend uh, from a year ago. So you're looking at that net income of 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 money and spending that has been injected into your local economy above what would have been otherwise um, the same weekend without the game. That is a very, very tricky number to get to, highly controversial. And nationally, there's actually a lot of feuding going on uh, between the economists who are hired by a, uh, a tourism agency, to give you the number, versus the traditional academic um, economists. So uh, in answer to your question, it was a benefit in terms of uh, more spending was definitely injected into the economy than otherwise would have this weekend. Um, my answer to you on the amount is I don't know, and I don't think people will know until um, the numbers are added up. You have to look at um, a lot of uh, sales tax revenues. Uh, the occupancy rates are are high this weekend anyway, you know, because of the Super Bowl. But um, the exact number, that is going to take a few months to uh, arrive to. Absolutely. We're talking with Alan Snell from lbsportsbiz.com. Go to his website, subscribe. He does an amazing job uh, following all the economic aspects about sports in Las Vegas. And obviously the biggest story in sports this month in the city was the Super Bowl. The LVCVA, at the end of the day, do you think all the investing and the spending they did to bring the Super Bowl to the city, do you think it's going to be, in their opinion, more than worth it? Oh, I'm sure the LVCVA will say it was definitely worth it. Here are some bottom line numbers that we do know. Uh, it cost Las Vegas $55 million to put on the Super Bowl. The $40 million of the $55 million was approved by the LVCVA, uh, and the Las Vegas Super Bowl House Committee is in the midst of, of raising $15 million to reach that $55 million budget. I've talked to some people with on the committee. They believe they will raise more money than the $15 million. And any amount of money above that $15 million ceiling will be used to reduce the LVCVA's $40 million commitment. So uh, I would I would think that the, uh, the tourism folks were, were ecstatic about this. Um, there was a really fascinating comment uh, by Bill Hornbuckle on his earnings uh, report yesterday for the fourth quarter of 2023, and he was comparing the F1 impact to the Super Bowl impact. And he told analysts, and I thought this was kind of key to the economic impact, was that he mentioned that the properties that benefited on the on the MGM. Uh, roster were the high-end properties for Formula One. He said it was across the board for the Super Bowl. So that that bodes well uh, in terms of the kind of impact the Super Bowl had on on helping all the hotels. It was not just the high-end hotels that benefited from F1. In the case of the Super Bowl, I think people sensed it was more of a Las Vegas Valley-wide impact, and you had hotels on all ends of the spectrum benefiting. 
Yeah, and that's something that with folks from out of town that I spoke about, they're like, hey, it's Super Bowl. Vegas is going to be crazy. I'm like, well, it's usually crazy out in Las Vegas when you talk about the Super Bowl. It doesn't matter what, where, who, what you're doing. It's always going to be surrounded to being like, hey, you're going to go to a watch party and it ain't going to be cheap to get into that watch party and spend in that watch party. So uh, Vegas is going to Vegas and they're going to do their way, their thing their way. And then you add the game here in the city. And I think it was just it was just nuts. So this past these past 12 months to the city, Alan, you've been here for a while. But what we've been able to experience with the Stanley Cup champion uh, Golden Knights with the A is winning back-to-back championships with Formula One happening in the streets of the Las Vegas Strip and surroundings. Uh, now with the Super Bowl, does this city still have more space to grow? Because we know that more, more franchises and more leagues are looking into coming into town. Well, Harry, I think it has to. Uh, the Oakland Athletics want to shoehorn a 33,000-seat stadium uh, at Tropicana Avenue and Las Vegas Boulevard. And the Final Four of college basketball is coming, I believe, also in 2028. In fact, our next big super year here in Las Vegas will be 2028. That's when the athletic stadium is supposed to be online at the site of the Tropicana Hotel. Uh, that's a story in itself, as you know, Harry. And, uh, and the Final Four. I mean, who would have thought that college people thought the NFL stayed away from uh, the Las Vegas market for decades? College sports, uh, sure as heck, stayed away for quite a long time as well. But, uh, you know, since gambling now is pretty mainstream and an uh, entertainment genre, um, you the uh, Final Four, I mean, the Final Four will be played at Allegiant Stadium also in 2028. So in three years, uh, <laughs> that is, uh, that's the next, uh, next big level that will need to be realized. So in answer to your question, Harry, Uh, I think Las Vegas will need to continue growing to accommodate these events. The one thing I will say, um, we can kind of debate and uh, discuss the actual numerical number for the economic impact. And that number actually kind of uh, fluctuates, if you've noticed. You've seen a lot of numbers out there. I wish could be more emphasized is the amazing amount of civic pride that this community feels for hosting its first Super Bowl I mean, we, it's, it's been a, you know, generally speaking, a tough kind of divisive political atmosphere we kind of live in. But that's the magic of sports, Harry. It brings together people who otherwise would not be together. And sometimes I think the economic impact numbers are kind of overhyped and overstated. And what is understated, in my opinion, is just the amazing amount of civic pride and community spirit that's generated. And if you can somehow bottle that, and somehow uh, frame that and, and put that, you know, in a video form and and use that, I think that would be of great benefit. I mean, that was pretty much what I saw last week, Harry, was this people were literally uh, emotionally intoxicated with the kind of spirit that Las Vegas has. I mean, you saw Las Vegas in terms of the kind of um, hospitality resources we have, And in terms of the tourism infrastructure that was able to be deployed when you have an airport and the strip and the convention center and the stadium all within a few miles of each other, um, you can tell, you can see that that's Las Vegas kind of functioning at its best. There are obviously some, <laughs> there were some problems going on. Um, the Las Vegas, Las Vegas Boulevard obviously had some major 
um, intersection problems. There was gridlock up and down the strip uh, Friday night and Saturday night. And I'm not sure this market is really great at public transportation to begin with or mass transit. So uh, that was kind of something that could be almost expected. But, you know, generally speaking, um, the kind of civic pride I saw was uh, really up through the roof last week, Harry. Yeah, add closures to streets that are already in construction and then thousands and thousands of people coming into town for the Super Bowl, there was going to be a lot of traffic. Alan, please tell the folks where they can follow your coverage. I know you're on social media, but LV Sports Biz, that's your baby, and that's where you want people to head over and for them to subscribe to your website. Well, we are completing year number seven in June of LVSportsBiz.com. Uh, our two big mega stories this year, obviously, is the athletic stadium uh, being planned for the Strip and also the Formula, Formula One race. That was a very topical issue that we covered. But we cover all the business and marketing aspects of the sporting industry. So LVSportsBiz.com is the website. LV Sports Biz on all the social media platforms. There he goes. Alan Snell, thank you so much, man. And please continue recovering from all those 10 days of coverage at the <laughs> Super Bowl, my friend, because they were long days. There was a lot. Of, we, we cranked out a lot of content. Uh, always great to talk with you, Harry. Really enjoy uh, and admire your enthusiasm and uh, keep it going, man. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Alan. Hope to catch up with him even more very, very soon. There's an update on the situation over in Kansas City. Uh, we just saw it on the ticker on ESPN. One killed and nine injured in the shooting during the parade over there uh, where the Chiefs were celebrating. Chiefs and their fans were celebrating their Super Bowl 58 championship that they just won out here in Las Vegas on Sunday night. So our prayers go out to the victims and um, man. Just a tough, tough situation. We're going to go back to the Raider Nation radio listener line because we got Robert from Portland everywhere. We had Robert from Portland. If you want to call back in, 702-365-9200. It's Valentine's Day. I know a lot of us have our dates planned for the rest of the day. We got dinner plans. We got shows to go to. We all want to be able to enjoy this day with our loved ones. If it's your girlfriend, your spouse, your family members, show everybody the love that they deserve. And I know that this is a day that a lot of people say it was created for marketing purposes, so that way you can spend more money on flowers, on chocolates, on necklaces, on stuff to buy, to spend money on, and then tomorrow all that product is going to be off, out for 50% off. But just remember, tell your loved ones every single day that you love them. A, single, a text message, a phone call, a FaceTime, it will change somebody's day. And don't forget always, sex is always free. There you go. Bobby Machado. He always little conversations, but they are impactful ones. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's it's great uh to be able to celebrate with your loved ones if you have them in your lives. Please, please remember it's important to keep in touch with them. Go ahead, Bobby. No, I've had a couple of really good Valentine's Days, but for the most part it's just another marketing holiday to me. Exactly. That's what a lot but of people... even though it is just a marketing holiday, if you've got a significant other, you better come across. You better come you, through. You don't come through on this one. You're going to be hearing about it till St. Patty's. 
heck, it's my first Valentine's Day with my girlfriend, so how to make sure that I delivered in a good way. So far, so good. Oh, yeah, exactly. So far, so good. You deliver, You ain't done delivering yet, son. No, no, no. I still no, got, no, no. what is it? It's 1.36 p.m., so I still got more than 10 hours. And, to, take, and take it easy on those things you see at the corners with the little flowers and the little stuffed animals. The price of those things have doubled, man. Yeah, because it's really? Valentine's Day. You bought no, 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 no. I mean, like the ordinarily are high. They've doubled since that. Hey, inflation, man. Just, inflation. just letting you, just letting you know, man. If you're gonna get flowers, go to the florist. Don't worry about that stuff out the corner. Heck, I went to the florist out in Houston, and they still got you. Oh yeah, but I mean, you think you you figure you're gonna stop off at one of these corner things? You're gonna save a buck or two? Uh. Uh-uh. Nope, that's no, not no, no, the case. No, no. You see the canopies and every everything mm-hmm. on a on a folding table. You're like, oh, it's gonna be cheaper. Nah, Mm-mm. it ain't cheaper right now. If that little stuffed teddy bear was 20 bucks last year, it's 40 bucks this year. Exactly. Raider Nation, remember, the phone lines are open for the last 20 minutes that we have of our show. 702-365-9200. We've had callers from Kentucky, from Iowa, from Colorado Springs, from Vegas, from L.A., from San Jose. We had Robert from Portland on the line, but... He wasn't as patient, so we're going to wait for him to see if he calls after this. And we're going to go to a quick commercial break. Shout out to our friends at La Casa Cigars and Lounge in Tivoli Village. They have a walk-in humidor with over 500 cigar labels to choose from. If you want a cigar like the Raiders do in the locker room, go with our friends from La Casa. Let's go to a break. We'll be right back, Raider Nation. to the JT The Brick Show with today's guest host, Harry Ruiz. We did it with our analytics department. We decided that going into the playoffs, what, you know, I think you guys know how I've explained how I make decisions with that stuff in the past. I take all the information I can get, um, especially ones I haven't been in, and um, our analytics felt that was the best way to go. But as you guys know, I don't always just go with that. Uh, I take into account what they say, what they think is right, and then I go off my gut in the heat of battle, and I knew what they felt going into it. And when I think about that during the moments I have to make the decision, I think the type of game it was did match what they felt was the best way to do. It did seem more like a field goal game. Um, and our defense had been out there for a real long time right before that, so uh, it was no, I didn't feel at all to override that at the time. Kyle Shanahan on the decision of the 49ers in going into overtime and taking the ball instead of letting the Chiefs take the ball first. And it's an interesting take. I mean, I was at a Super Bowl party with my friends, and one of them was like, no, let them have the ball first, and then you take the ball first. I I was in the train of thought. I was like, no, you want the ball first. That way you know what kind of stop you need. But then my friend came back, and he was like, hey, man, it's four-down territory the whole way if you want to – kick off the ball, and let your opponent have the ball first. And I was like, yeah, you know what? It makes sense. So there was a lot of train of thoughts. And one thing is for sure right now when it comes to the 49ers, they are firing their defensive coordinator, Steve Wilkes, after one season. You look at this Super Bowl, the Chiefs scored one touchdown in regulation. And it came came after a punt was fumbled it touched the heel of the foot of one of the 49ers players recovered by the Niners in their enemy territory and they scored a touchdown one play later the defense of the Niners had done a great job in that game 
And now the scapegoat ends up being their defensive coordinator, who is out, and not Kyle Shanahan, who wasn't capable of getting a great play on second and five or third and five to keep his team on the field and juice that clock out and be able to get a win. Well, you know what that's from, of course. Somebody's head's got to roll. I mean, it's an amazing thing. I mean, you went to the Super Bowl, you're NFC champions, and you got to whack the D.C. for what? Yep. He gave up, what, one touchdown in regulation? All I know is some team out there is going to get a pretty decent defensive coordinator on account of this. This is a mistake. Exactly. That's what I think. And, I mean, Kyle Shanahan, look, you look at what he has been able to do with the Niners, and it's been pretty good. Consistently in the NFC Championship game, two Super Bowl appearances during the 2019 and 2023 seasons. That's great, right? But there comes a moment where it's like, hey, man, your team is stacked. You got Mr. Irrelevant playing as your starting quarterback in the last two seasons. One, you made it to the NFC Championship game. The other one, to the Super Bowl. Eventually, that kid is going to deserve an extension, and you won't be able to have all those other players in the top five of their uh, salaries per position. And now what are you going to do? So he's not taking advantage of the opportunities he's having right now, and eventually I think it's going to be him. His head's going to roll. Oh, yeah, but he's got at least another two years, I would think. We will think. Let's see if it ends up happening. But so far, the Niners, they're staying with their five Super Bowl championships. Let's see if they end up adding another one with Kyle Shanahan or not. And that's something that it's like, hey, I would love to have a team that's competing consistently for a Super Bowl. But then there comes that moment where it's like competing isn't good enough. You want to win that big one. Somebody want to call the Boston Red Sox on that one? Right. Or, hey, as of late, the Celtics, your squad. Of course. I mean – they're stacked. They're getting results. You know the thing I like, too, is they're doing it real quiet-like. Yeah. You see who's in the media every day? The Clippers, the Lakers, blah, blah, blah. Celtics are just quietly moving right along. Yes, last night they beat the Nets, and Jason Tatum went berserk. Over the shoulder pass through Holiday. Finds Tatum in the corner. Pump fake. Steps into 18 feet. Jumper switch. Easy money. 38 for Jason Tatum. He ended the night with 41 in the Celtics' 118-110 win over the Brooklyn Nets. The Celtics, just as Bobby said, they're taking it quietly, and they are the team with the best record in the NBA. 42 wins, 12 losses. That is impressive. Now, looking over at the Western Conference, how about those T-Wolves? Grant couldn't squeeze the offensive rebound. It does. He's off to the races, up into the front court against Scoot Henderson. Frees himself, fires on the three, and hits. Another three ball for Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards also had 41 last night. They beat the Trailblazers 121-109. And at the moment, the T-Wolves 38-16. and They have the best record in the West, the second best in the NBA. Yeah, but who's at number two? The OKC Thunder. Just Isn't that a game something? Behind. Isn't and that then, something? And then two games behind are the Clippers and the Nuggets. So that uh, competition right there in the West is going to be very, very interesting. Look over at the East, though. You got the Celtics, top mm-hmm. dogs. The Cavs yeah. are second place right yeah. now, right? And the that, Knicks are probably number three by now. Bucks are three. Knicks are four. Yeah. And 76ers. Joel Embiid, he's hurt. He's going to be yeah. out for a while. No, They're down fine. to number five right now. So. Yeah. That's a very interesting— that, that, that was the thing with the Sixers last year, especially around the trade deadline, where they were just trying to pick up anybody they could. And it's like, dude, you can pick up whoever you want. It's not going to matter. Embiid is your number one, and he's not coming back. So that's it. Here goes somebody they asked for recently with the Lakers. Blocked by Dino. Yeah, defense, offense. Behind the back. Oh, B. 
BJ, how about that? LeBron James, 125-111. The Lakers beat the Pistons. LeBron had 25 points. Anthony Davis, 20. D'Angelo Russell, 21. They had six players in double digits, three of them with 20-or-plus points, including LeBron James leading the Lakers. Now, a big story that came out today with Ramona Shelbourne reporting for ESPN is that the Warriors inquired and tried to trade for LeBron James before the trade deadline. Draymond Green was actually hitting up uh, Rich Paul, that's his name, the agent for LeBron, their friends, and he was trying to convince him to convince LeBron to agree to a trade to the Golden State Warriors. It didn't happen, and another team that asked for his services was the Philadelphia 76ers. Rob See, Pel- like I said, the Sixers are just trying to grab everybody or anybody. Grab whoever they can, and actually Palinka, the GM for the Lakers asked the Sixers, okay, is Embiid available? And that's when the, the trade talks ended right there. They were, like, they were like, no, we're good. The difference between this one and the one with the Warriors, the negotiations or the conversations, is that with the Sixers and the Lakers, it was general manager-led. It was the front offices doing the talking. The Warriors and the Lakers, it was the owners, the ones that were having those conversations. And, I mean... When you talk about L.A., you talk about stars. You talk about the big, bright, shining player that is going to bring box office and is going to bring the fans into Staples or now Crypto.com Arena and LeBron James is that guy right now for Laker fans. Well, now that you told me that, that totally explains why the deal didn't happen because you had the two owners that decided, that, well, we're going to discuss this because then they pass it off onto the underlings like the general manager and these guys are looking at the numbers going, this is never going to work. What are you doing? And the thing is, you go back to a week ago or 10 days ago, and it was when all that drama with LeBron was happening, that mm. he put uh, that sand clock on his social media, and he Boring. was he was talking some stuff that made you think, or after winning at MSG, he had a Knicks towel above his shoulder, and a lot of people say, it's like, wait, he usually don't do that. And he did that, that, that game. Is there something? Does he want to trade? Does he want to keep playing in L.A.? Does he not want to keep playing in L.A.? And... Jeannie Buss, the owner of the Lakers, uh, went over to LeBron and supposedly all that just went out the window and is like, nope, he's staying. Jeez, you got to be kidding me. He wasn't going anywhere. He's just, he's, he's giving the old Rick roll. Come on, that's all it is. Hey, even Kobe Bryant demanded a trade once. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. That's, that's apples and oranges. Kobe was one thing because his team was bleeping terrible at that point. LeBron's just playing. He's, he's, I don't even know why he's still in the league. I mean, they're not bleeping terrible because they won the in-season tournament in Las Vegas a couple of months ago? Or why is it that they're not terrible? Because I look at their record, yeah, it's over 500, but they're ninth place in the West. I know you guys couldn't hear that yawn, but that was a very loud yawn. Right? And the thing is, at 29-26, it would also be ninth place in the East. That's so fine. So you're not talking about a team that's like, ooh, they're impressive. It's like, Dude, no, they can't uh, catch uh, fire. Uh, All right. After LeBron and AD, what do you got? Rui Hachimura. You got mm-hmm. Austin Reeves. Mm-hmm. D'Angelo Russell. Mm-hmm. I mean... That's why I'm like. I'll tell you what. I'll I'll get Plink on the phone. I'll give him a a stack of McDonald's gift certificates. I can get those three players. Right. Come on, man. Yeah, I know. They just. Let's be be honest. Right. LeBron's like 340 years old. 
Anthony Davis is having a good year. I'm not going to rip on him. He's actually he's no street clothes this year. He's only missed a couple of games. Not suit and, this year. And he's playing well. I really I can't rip on him for that. But you you, you know as well as I do, you're not going to win an NBA title with one or two players. you got to have an established team with a bunch of backups and a bunch of veterans and a bunch of established young kids. The Lakers don't even know where to start. I actually watched the Celtics live being out in Houston a couple of weeks ago playing against the Rockets. Man, that team is impressive, man. And I hate saying it because I'm a Laker fan, and one thing that Laker fans do, we hate the Celtics just as the Celtics hate the Lakers. And I was like, man, they're a good squad. You know, the They're one, complete. The one thing about the Celtics, they, they've got really good depth. And it's not just depth like there's a guy on the bench just taking up position number 12. They've got from 1 to 12 some really serious ballers out there. Exactly. So let's see what goes down. So today the Lakers play again. They're visiting the Jazz. And guess what? LeBron ain't playing. He's resting today. It's a rest day for LeBron. What did I just get done saying? Right? Exactly. So it's something that goes down. It's the NBA. And you know what? We're going to be talking about hoops more as we keep on getting into thank those God. March, April, May, oh, June Oh, thank months. you, baby Jesus. Right? I can only. T- I, 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 lo- I know you guys love your Raiders, man, but I need to talk a little different sports from time to time. That's just how it is. And guess what? Baseball is here, baby. Mm-hmm. I know that spring training. We got players and cat players reporting today. We yep. had pitchers and catchers reporting over the weekend. Watching all the Dodgers get into Camelback Ranch, I was so excited. I saw a picture today, Bobby, walking towards the field from left to right. It was Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts. Will Smith, Shohei Otani, the top of the order for the Dodgers, and I'm over here just like, God damn, is it time for baseball yet, please? I Gosh, need it. You know, I, I, which, I one, need, which one do you think is going to get hurt first? None of them. They're all playing over 150 mm-hmm. games this year, but, man, I mean, Shohei, you can't get hurt. He's getting. I, I, I got a bridge, by the way. If you're interested in buying a bridge, I got a really good one. Hey, he's one recovering of the best. from surgery, and I was watching his BP from yesterday. I mean, the guy's hitting bombs, and he's he's recovering. He's still not at a hundred. Oh no, 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 Otani. Yeah, no, he's not. He's not going to pitch this year, but he'll give you twenty, thirty homers easily. And the thing about Otani is, he'll give you a bunch of base hits when you need them. Yep, because he because he's a he's not just a home run swing. He's actually a solid hitter. You'll get give credit where it's due on that one. Exactly, Raider Nation, man. What a great show. I enjoyed it today. I enjoyed listening from everyone today. Like I said, we had Raider 502. We had Ken. We had Kevin, Al, Thor, TBD, uh, IVD, sorry, Dave, uh, Robert, folks from Kentucky, Iowa, Colorado Springs, Vegas, L.A., San Jose, Portland. I mean, people from everywhere were calling in today because it was Valentine's Day. I wanted to hear why you fell in love with the Raiders. Now, if I could just teach some of you guys how to talk on a telephone. I'm supposed to figure out your name with that? Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, there, there were two guys that were like, that's not my name. Hey, Bobby's doing his best because you're doing the board operating. You're on the computer. You're on the phone. Come so on, kids. Buy a real cell phone. It's, 20, it's 21st century. Come on. That's multi-purpose right there. With my man Get Bobby rid of the Radio on. Shack thing. Right. I'm Harry Ruiz, Raider Nation. Always an honor. I'll be here tomorrow. I'll be here Friday. So make sure you get those phone calls in. 702-365-9200. Q with Unnecessary Roughness is next year on Raider Nation Radio. Happy Valentine's Day to everyone. Love you, honey. Appreciate it. Thank you guys.